0: So I mentioned this idea of the the polycrisis or the, the, the perma crisis or or all of these sorts of things. And obviously there is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm reading, you know, the age of catastrophe, the new age of catastrophe by Alex Kalinikos at the moment. And everywhere you look, there seems to be um, a crisis. So just I'll, I'll just quickly outline a little bit of what Kalinikos says. And then, you know, we we could talk about particularly Adam Tooze, who's the, you know, he hasn't quite trademarked the idea of polycrisis, but certainly he... Um, you know, he's probably the foremost thinker of it. So this I think is a fairly, you know, perhaps standard almost Marxist account that um that Kalinikos would give. He would say, well, you have these different levels of society, the biological, which involves productive forces, labor process, and the metabolism of nature through labor. You have the economic, this is relations of production, and this is um, you know, the capital labor um uh on one side and different capitals on another side. So exploitation and um, competitive accumulation geopolitical is the level of imperialism, political um, crisis, which is, he says it's the crisis of the extreme center and the rise of the far right. May or may not agree with that. And then finally the ideological. And he says that that you have race, gender and um, race and gender as the terrains of contestation. And his point would be, well, the, the the kind of the polycrisis, this is a liberal view because you have these external shocks to the system and that's how it works itself through. But the Marxist approach would be, well, no, it's a, it's a catastrophe rather than a crisis because it's something to do with the internal logic of the system. It's not like accidental. It's not like contingent. It's not like things could be otherwise. It's always going to be like this. So that's the distinction between crisis and catastrophe. Um, yeah, I mean, is, is Kalinokos fair on twos there, or is it a bit more complicated than that in the idea of polycrisis?
1: I would, I think polycrisis is, I mean, I think it's a slightly, um, I think it tells us more about the people kind of making the designation than it does perhaps about the, you know, about the world itself. Um, and it has that kind of tusion i think it has that tusion quality of um drawing these kind of dazzling connections between different domains geographically economically politically sociologically and suggesting there you know well implying that there is some kind of profound connection but rather than the connection being premised on a um on a kind of underlying substantive theoretical logical relationship it's more a kind of a relationship which is posited on the basis of the knowledge of the person making the claim you know and mm. you know adam twos by to be fair to him is entitled to draw those kinds of connections but unfortunately many people who kind of uh, the twosians um who uh, kind of or his uh, followers are perhaps you know in a less strong position to make those kinds of connections so it goes something like you know there is like a crisis in i don't know argentine grain production that will have knock on consequences for Ukraine's exports, which will have knock on consequences for Russia, which will have knock on consequences for the price of oil, which will have knock on consequences for the global biosphere. And this all connects to like the election of a new, you know, kind of populist figure in Argentina you've never heard of. You know, it's this kind of drawing connections from assimilating and synthesizing a tremendous body of knowledge. So it's very much connected to a particular kind of model of erudition, I think, and it's very much connected to the internet age of thinking in those kinds of um, hyperlinked terms. Um, but it's not really doesn't really amount to a um, you know kind of a, a theory that relates these levels in a kind of systematic and structured way. And so I think that's the difference between the model of the kind of the polycrisis and the, and, you know, legitimation crisis or earlier kind of Marxist accounts of, um, of crisis, however you might want to frame them. So I think that, you know, that's an important distinction. And so when people look at the world and they see polycrisis, I think what they see is like a world which is, um, you know, perhaps, you know, it's just shifting and changing in ways that might not be amenable to traditional modes of interventional response. And it seems deeply threatening, but it yeah. doesn't seem to me a kind of a, a theoretical account in the same league.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's really good, Phil. Uh, that's well put. And I want to build on that because my notes kind of ran along similar lines. Um, I, you know, I, I think, too, as you say, Tudor is very good at this and be able to draw those connections. And I think it's also um, a contribution of, marxism or or kind of a characteristic of of kind of marxian thought that things are connected unlike liberalism which hives things off into um different arena you know like politics has nothing to do with economics economics has nothing to do with society has nothing to do with culture um and you know a kind of um yeah, kind of a, a a key element, I think, of the dialectical of thinking of society dialectically is that these things are all connected. So in that regard, polycrisis seems good because it, it draws on that. But I think the reason it's popular is because we have no meta narratives. It's uh, the world seems all very confusing and falling apart, and all the all these kind of crazy turbulent things are happening. On you know, in the past, you would have been able to say, well, you know, it's capitalism that is the crisis, or you know, some kind of being able to kind of reduce it to some um, some kind of unique factor, which, uh, which explains why the world is chaotic. Um, because it's, it's important to remember that capitalist modernity is turbulence, it is crisis ridden. So it's not just like mm-hmm. today, we have more crises. I mean, this is a, a kind of feature of of modernity, you know, all discussions of modernity have um, seized on this fact that the world is thrown upside down every single day. Uh, and, and it's very chaotic and confusing. That is the nature of modernity. Um, but why, but In previous eras, there were meta narratives which allowed people to explain it, to say it's capitalism, or it is um, bureaucratization, or it is, uh, you know, whatever, the various different, so I'm not going to go through all the possibilities of social theory, but you know, they basically say, explain um, logically what it is that underpins all this, what makes the system work. And I think polycrisis Evades that and just kind of goes well. There's just stuff going on everywhere, and tries to, as Phil said, you know, through erudition, trying to go and connect um, all these things. I think this kind of underscores uh, that we have today modernity without enlightenment. Um, you have all the turbulence of modernity, but without the intellectual mm-hmm. ambition um, and even disposition to see things systematically and through kind of to tell a grand story about how the world works. And so you end up with something like polycrisis. I also think, as a, as a yeah. second point, and I, mm. um, I'll i stop there, is that there's a political use um, to it, you know, that, that polycrisis is put to, and it's why kind of like World Economic Forum adopts it. But we'll come to that in a second. Go ahead, George.
0: No, I, just, I was just going to agree with the two of you. It seems like polycrisis is a very useful concept for a, you know, for a world that doesn't have a, a model of society or a Marxist model of society. So there are, things are connected to each other, but there's, you know, there is some kind of probably vague understanding. Sorry, not in Adam Tews' case, but in maybe some people who, who use this um, concept a bit more indiscriminately, the political economy or is, is somehow very, very important. Um, but there's no kind of even a basic kind of you know that kind of basin superstructure type model i wouldn't say in that in that concept instead it's a very good concept for a kind of in some ways a kind of flattened model of society and a kind of ft um view of the world where there is you know clearly you know political economy is there and world events happen but do you have that underlying um reservoir of like all of these models of society
2: or Rationalization, and and it doesn't just need to be. um, It doesn't just need to be Marxist. I think you know, even a kind of Christian conservative might have said, you know, in in the nineteen sixties, like an age of which was understood at the time as being like an age of crisis, um, been able to provide some sort of answer as to why. System, why this is happening right um not mm. just be like oh it's poly crisis but say like well it's because we've <laughs> forgotten god or you know we've <laughs> we've 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 abandoned deference um you know yeah there is, et cetera, there, is whatever. there is something about that without the meta narratives without like the all the different competing
0: individual gods <laughs> um you just have the, the pantheon comes back <laughs> in a way and so nice. you have all the all the the, the 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 little crisis gods that you have the little shrines to maybe i don't know
2: whatever view of the world yeah no but i think there's one just one other um i think intellectual um route to kind of polycrisis type of thinking and i think that's ecology and and risk um and you know you can refer to the work of like ulrich beck around kind of risk society um which underpins a lot of this i think whether explicitly or, or implicitly more likely um which is that um the society is understood kind of ecologically in terms of feedback loops, in terms of interventions, which have a certain degree of risk, which bear with them, um, which can explode in your face. And then this causes, you know, you, you kill off all the frogs and then there's no one eating the flies. And then because there's no flies, the, you know, the spiders go hungry and then there's no webs, which means there's no, uh, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, it's like kind of an ecological conception of, of the world where risk, it plays a very important part. And like the old homeostasis has been, um, broken up. Now, what's what's interesting is that that ecological vision of society gets parlayed into this polycrisis idea. Polycrisis itself talks about constantly about how climate interacts with um, economy, or interacts with politics, which it does. I don't want to say that you know, kind of the, the natural environment is completely separate from society. We, we that isn't the case. Um, but I think the the issue is more the the first thing I was talking about, which is that intellectually there's a set there's no real under so really true social understanding it's an ecological understanding of society which i think is is the part of the react yeah, the problem of, of, of the poly understanding of things
1: yeah
0: no i think that is that is right the, the contemporary kind of understanding of crisis is one that's very close to risk disaster management you know that sort of thing risk and disaster reduction all those sorts of things that's that's like a very we can mitigate you know we can have a we can have a kind of a risk and crisis register and have all of our mitigating actions and reduce the impact of all of these things that kind of very you know that's a but also resilience right yeah yeah very much so you know I mean, like the, the resilient
1: the yeah the resilient kind of actor resilient network resilient institution resilient society has already kind of uh, preemptively absorbed the possibilities of all of these shocks and changes and therefore there is actually you know in a sense it's kind of um there's no need to, um, you know, to actually deal with them at source, or to kind of mount any, se- or to make an effort at any uh, qualitative, systemic or radical transformation, because resilience has been built in, responsiveness and adaptation has already been built into the system.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's mm. a good, it's a good point. It's responding to the continual crises rather than doing something. Uh, proactive about it because you know who wouldn't want to be more resilient if there's too many fires just you know, toughen up your skin and become fireproof—that sort of thing.
2: Um, so that's it. There's always it's always tacit. Like, how do we return to the old homeostasis? Right? Like in this kind of more ecological model of society, you know, things were in balance. Now, because there's been interventions of different sort, things are out of whack, um, and so you have a poly crisis where things are compounding on another. And we just need to keep this plate spinning and you know, equilibrate things. There's no—it's not like society's dynamic and historical, progressing through time, but also. Having achieving progress, social progress, moral progress, where in the old conception, you know, you would have the old kind of modernist conception, you'd have progress and you would have crises, which then be overcome. And through the overcoming of that crisis, you're led to a higher stage of society, a better society. And that doesn't need, again, doesn't need to be a Marxist or socialist conception. It might could well be a liberal one um, of various stripes. Um, And that isn't on the cards. There's no conception of crisis. It's more just let's manage the polycrisis to attenuate it, to build resilience so we can you know, the the spaceship which is flying through this crazy world can just kind of keep from tipping over. But there's no sense of progress there. You're not achieving anything. You're not moving um, on to to a new stage. Well, hello, listener. I hope you like what you're hearing. It's a short excerpt from an episode that's available only to subscribers. Want to support BungaCast and get at least two original episodes a month? Sign up at patreon.com slash BungaCast right now. $5 a month patrons get access to exclusive episodes like our in-depth analyses of present history, you know, the big stuff that's happening right now, as well as chats with our regular guests, extended interviews with the key thinkers trying to understand our world today, and much more. For $10 a month, you join the BungoCast Reading Club, the place for those of us who are serious about equipping ourselves with the necessary intellectual tools for understanding the world and seeking to change it. Phil, George, and myself, Alex, look forward to seeing you there,
1: patreon.com slash bungacast.